In this episode, we talk about what makes a quote-unquote good therapy client. This is one of the many, many, many questions that we get from you, the superfans, that take time not only to listen, but also reach out and make contact with us. We talked about this during an Instagram Live and thought you might like to listen, so here you go. My name is Justin Sinceri, Mercedes Corona, and I are licensed marriage and family therapists and your fellow trauma nerds. We're talking about what makes a good client... Which is a, uh, is that a loaded question? Is that, is that what loaded question I think, is? I'm not sure what loaded question No, is. a loaded, I think a loaded question is when you like, like it could cause some problems if you answer it. I it, think this could cause If you problems. don't answer it delicately. Exactly. Oh, this is a loaded question. I think so. For who? For the people that are watching and listening? I think for, I think for us. I think this could be a delicate topic. Because, like, how do, you, how do you see what makes a good client? That, that was the question we got, and I get the idea. But, uh, of course, the answer is they're all good. They're all great. Sure. Right? So that's the answer. But just for argument's sake, we'll, we'll delve into it. Do we need a different word, then? Is it not no, good? It's... I can't think of a different word. No, I was wrong with that. Okay. No, there's, there's no... <laughs> I wrote down a few thoughts, but as I wrote these down... Um, I kind of got to a final thought and I was like, you know, I'm going to put a final thought in here, but I think I'm going to start with my final thought, if that's okay with you. Okay. Where did you write these down at? In my secret page. <gasps> you don't have access to this. Oh, man. The thing is, like, you I fully respect the secret page and at the same time, I yeah. just want to see it. I just want to no. see it. You cannot. Okay. So, <laughs> my final thought here is that I'll open it with is... It seems like that that what makes a good client, quote unquote, good client, I'm using that very loosely. We're using that very loosely. We think you're all wonderful. But what makes a good client are the things that they have access to when they're in a ventral vagal, safe and social state. So, and and that's kind of how therapists want their clients to be, ideally, I think. Um, We want them to be motivated for change. That doesn't happen, I don't think, unless you're really in kind of like anchored enough in your safe and social ventral vagal state to have hope and to think that you deserve better. I think that there has to be enough there. Uh, I think that we want our clients to be able to speak up, but to have confidence and speak up. I don't know if that's available all the time. You kind of have to be in a safe and social place and believe in yourself enough to do that. Sure. I think we want um, them to be able to go home and do the homework that we've assigned them or that we've come up with in session. But Again, uh, you have to kind of have that motivation level to do so, right? Mm-hmm. The belief that you can change. And if you believe you can change, like you're already well on your way, like that's a huge step forward. And to me, that's a big anchor in your safe and social system. Uh, we want people to be insightful, our clients to be insightful, but self-reflection, looking inward, that doesn't happen unless you're in your safe and social state. We want them to be able to articulate their thoughts, to be able to handle the trauma story if that's what's uh, happening in session. Not that it's necessary. And we want them to be able to take our therapeutic wisdom or education or whatever Im- we're trying to impart. We want them to be able to take all this stuff in and do all this stuff. That's the ideal client. But like, who really is that client, right? And doesn't that mean they're already kind of in their social, safe and social self, you know, uh, social regulation system, social engagement system, sorry. Doesn't that mean like they're already like that ideal client who's like ready to come in and talk and be insightful and have epiphanies and breakthroughs. That typical, like, ideal. Don't you think they have already have to be in their safe and social state to be able to do all that? I mean, yes and yes and no. 
yes, they have to have access to it, but no, I, I, I don't think they have to be a person who's a hundred percent in their safe and social state isn't going to need therapy. They're not going to need right. to come and see us. Right. But a person who has even one toe anchored a pinky nail, an- pinky nail anchored in the safe and social system, it, just that, that connection, that's all they need. Because we're, we're assuming, I feel like it's a safe they assumption to, to say, yeah, I feel like it's a safe assumption to say that they're enough not in their safe and social system because they need therapy, right? But again, if if they just have that pinky nail in there where they can learn to develop trust and develop a relationship with a therapist, a, a safe person, an appropriate person, then all this other stuff can come from it. And and I think, yes, you're right. The That little, I keep saying the pinky nail, right? Just that little tiny, that 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 small connection to the safe and social system is all they need Mm -hmm. that will give the motivation and everything that you listed. Because I think, I think that's what I think we talked about it before. That's what I need for a client. An ideal client is someone who wants to help. Yeah. Right. Right. And can do all of these things. And and these are the, these are the things that when therapy doesn't end successfully or a session doesn't go the best, We'd look back and say, well, they weren't motivated enough, right? Or um, they didn't follow through on their homework. They were not insightful enough or they couldn't share the story without getting through it or like, I don't know, without like breaking down. Like we blame them and it's like, well, no wonder they can't handle it. Who's we? Who's we? Therapists in general. Okay. Think about treatment teams you've been on. Well, okay, I'll just speak for myself. In treatment teams you've been on, multidisciplinary teams don't we say these things like well they're just not motivated enough yeah i mean yeah true yes that's what i'm saying like or um they didn't do their homework i gave them homework but they didn't do it well they're not they're not using the coping skills that i gave them right like we blame the client yeah do you disagree no i'm i want to disagree just because <laughs> Not because it's you or anything, but because, you know, saying it that way and looking at it that way feels so judgmental and so critical. But, but that's what we But do. the reality is, yes, in the past, that is something that's happened. And you're right. I've been a part of those treatment teams where it it is, you know, uh, the thing that came to mind while you were talking is, um, what's that phrase we use? It's um, don't work harder than the client. So when you're working harder than the client, then that like... It's too much. You know, you can't do more than they do. And so there is some blame there. Yeah. But do you agree with that? I'm I'm curious. I think for the most part, I agree with that. For the most part, I agree with that. Yeah. But I also... I also don't. Yeah. (laughs) I also want to put in there, like the little asterisk I'll put in there, is that there is a big part of that that falls on the therapist to understand right now this client isn't motivated enough or or is it motivated to the point that they need to be to move forward and it's on me to continue to provide safe and social cues to help co-regulate to help get them to that place so you know to strengthen their vagal break and get them up to a place because if they're here if they're sitting in the chair in front of me there's enough motivation do you know what i mean like to, mm-hmm. to want to get better otherwise why would they be in the therapist's office at all but some well, of that forced to well 
probation mandates it. They get kicked out of school with their teenager. That's the, you know, I, this is all the kids I've worked with over the years is they're mandated to. Like I said last time, it's not that often that someone yeah. says, hey, I need help. I need help. Please help me. It's not, it's not that often. I mean, it, it does happen. Yeah. But usually it's some sort of some sort of compulsory level that they're being made to. I think that's a reality we have to accept then. It, for our, Yeah, for us, yeah. For us and, and for the people that brought them in. So if that's a parole officer or probation officer or a parent or a guardian being transparent with them and saying, look, I'll, you know, I'm here. I'm going to do the work on my end as a therapist. I'm going to do what I can. But... Uh, it's something that I always tell that I often tell parents is I can I'm here to provide like a gift and I don't want it to sound conceited like therapy is a gift but like I I can offer you like something you can't see my hands there they are I can offer you something for days right and until you grasp it 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 won't matter I'm just holding my arms out to you so it's on the other person to accept what they're being offered but, the, but there, there it is again. Like, there's the idea of, well, you're just not accepting it. I have it. I'm giving it to you. You're not accepting it. And and I, I get where you're coming from. But in my mind, I'm like, well, yeah, they're in therapy. They're, they might not be in a place where they can trust you enough. And yeah, that makes sense. If they're not in their safe and social state, the trust level or the belief in you as being able to provide the help, like it might not be there. Mm-hmm. Or their belief in themselves to be able to make change might not be there. So is it an issue of they're not accepting it or they're just not in their safe and social state? It's not like they're choosing to not accept uh, our help, right? I mean, so- sometimes, but sometimes not. Yeah, I agree with you. Sometimes it's not a choice that they're making. It's just, it, it is the fact that they're not connected to their safe and social state enough to access that because there's there's a huge component of trust and vulnerability in therapy at at any level, you know, and those things, if a person isn't safe, those things are going to be danger cues. I mean, taking it back to polyvagal terms, that's going to be a sign of danger. And it's going to trigger a defensive state for these people. Oh, they're already coming in. Yeah. In a defensive state. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, the undercurrent of, I think, like everyone I've worked with over the past 11 years is um, not this trust. Like they don't trust adults. They don't trust school staff. They don't trust therapists. And for good reason. Right. And for yeah. good reason. And so, like, just building that rapport is always step one and is always uh, an issue in therapy to return to to make sure that we have good rapport and whatnot. So, I, I think that um, I want to go back to the question of um, working hard on the clients. I, I do think we should work hard on the clients uh, because it's our job. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting paid to do the work and you're not. So, for me, it's like, I'm going to bring 51% of the work here. You bring 49 if that, I mean, sure. that would be a gift, honestly. That would be a, a blessing, <laughs> a gift. Like, oh my God, you brought 49% of the work here? Like, okay. But um, yeah, I'll do 51% because I'm at work and you're not at work. You should be working on yourself, should, whatever. But um, no, this is my job. I'm going to make sure I work a little bit harder and as hard as I possibly can to help you out. Like, I, I, I can give you resources and hope that you make the contact, but no, I'll do it with you. I'll take. I'll go one step further, you know, and make sure we make the call together. Stuff like that. I, I think that that's the 51%, maybe a little bit more. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I do think we should be doing, on some level, we should be working hard on the client. I, I do think we should be a couple steps ahead. Uh, we should have some level of insight that they don't have quite there yet. Like we're putting pieces together as we're listening to them. And I do think we For should sure. be working a little bit harder. I can get on board with 51%. 
49% work. But at what point does it become like you're just like, oh, I know, I know, you know, yeah, grinding know. away and it's just, um, you know, spinning in circles? Like, how, at what point does it become too much? And I think, I don't know. I think that's you a know. clinical consultation group kind of thing. Yeah. Hopefully you have, hopefully you have a solid peers you can collaborate with and get feedback from. Cause I think, <laughs> I don't know if that was like throwing shade or anything. I hope, I, no. I don't think, I hope not. Okay. Um, I was involved in my own thoughts, so I'm sorry. Um, no, there's no shade there. Um, no. oh shoot. What was I going to say? Cause at, at some point you can offer, because I've been in that situation and, and again in, in the job that we do and the work that we do specifically, not all of our clients are voluntary clients. Mo- most of them, <laughs> the majority of them are, are there because they have to be. They're a captive audience. And, um, and we can, we can throw our prosody and our eye crinkles and our safe and social cues all day every day 365 but yeah at some point you know at some point it's just a waste of time and i'm not saying a waste of the mm. the therapist time or a waste of the client like i'm not saying either one of those is greater than the other but at some I point guess. it's like it, right now isn't the time and you and i'm here when you're ready to come back or or whatever you know totally and i've i've sadly been in those situations where i I have to accept, like, I've done the best that I can. And it's it's out of my hands at this point. Like, I've, I've shown up. I've showed up, literally showed up, and you haven't literally shown up. That's one thing. <laughs> yes. That's actually one of my, uh, that's my first and most important one, that what makes a good therapy client, they show They're up. They're present, yeah, physically so they in show the up. room. <laughs> and if, if you've worked, and this sounds maybe silly to a lot of people listening, but if you've worked in a county level in a school level with a lot of kids who have like truancy issues, um, if you just show up, that's huge. Yes. If I don't have you there, I can't do a damn thing. Yes. But if you just show up, if I have a, you know, a body in the room, even if you're not super into it, I can do something. Yeah. Start something. We can at least start rapport building. So as far as what makes a good client for me, that's the first, I think if, if I have you there, I can do something. I can, I can start. You can throw you can throw those safe and social cues out there, you know. Yeah. At the very least, we can we can start the uh, we can start the rapport building, and that's huge. If I can get some level of trust and build on that, that's huge. So, but you have to show up. You bust out the Uno cards. I don't I don't even know how to play Uno. What, I'm, Justin Sanceri? I don't. <gasps> and I have no interest in learning it. I'm sorry. We have no. It's a good look. Legit. It's a good like basic game to have on hand as a therapist okay i'm surprised because you've been a therapist for a long time i don't like to have things i don't it's it feels artificial to me like i get it we do the teen table topics cards i have that as a go-to if i need to which i brought into your office (laughs) was that from you yes oh thank you i was like wondering how that got there (laughs) because you had nothing in there nothing like the therapy fairies came and sure, like dropped it off one sure, night. Sure, right. <laughs> like those little... That makes more sense that you should... Shoemaking elves. <laughs> you know that story. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I have those. Thank you, by the way. But besides that, I have the fidgets. But that's, that's for them. Um, 
but I don't like ha- having anything like artificial, anything. It feels like it's in between. It gets my, like it's in between us. I don't like it. So I sit there with them and I work with that and usually it goes pretty darn well. It's, it's pretty rare. I need a game, but you work with younger kids. I think that's a it's big pretty thing. Rare yeah. I need, like it's probably huge. Yeah. Um, so I, I like for me, less is more. You're here. I'm here. Like we, something can start here, you know, but I got you. But that was my first one is showing up. Like, just show up. Okay. <laughs> if, if you're in the room, to me, you're a fantastic client. Like, I'm yeah. excited. We're well on it's our really way. It's really true. Yeah. What do you got? What, what's what's uh, anything from you? No, I didn't prepare at all for this. <laughs> I was too busy editing. Um, okay, I can I can add on to that, though. I, go ahead. I feel like it's been kind of going back to the idea of... Um, not necessarily working harder than the client, but um, it, doing as much as you can, right? There have been so few times, and and again, I've always, always worked with children, and so the majority of the time, it's the parents bringing them in, not the children. And I'm thinking not just in my time in the schools, but when I did outpatient work too. I've yeah. always worked with children, and so a good 90% of the time, these kids don't want to be there. They're forced to be there by their parents. But very, very few times have I ended up closing out a client case because I couldn't build rapport with that kid. As many times as they don't want to be there, I can I can actually literally right now only think of one kid that I, we did three or four sessions and he was like, I, ju- I just don't need to be here. I just don't want to talk to you. I've got nothing going on. And he was even, it was really sweet because he was even like, it's not, it's not about you. He was like a, maybe like 11, 12, 13 year old kid. This, and this was, I don't even know, 10 years ago. And he's like, I just don't want to be here. And it, I broke out the Uno. I broke out all my tips and tricks and stuff and nothing worked. And that was okay. I said that, you know, that's okay. I've, I feel like I've given it a good shot. You've been honest the whole time. So I, I think that's a huge point. Like you were saying is that they're physically there in the room and, and, like I said, the I've done this. Let's see. Let's give some context. I have been a clinician for 15 years, since 2004. Um, and I can remember one client that, that I had closed out because it just didn't, the rapport didn't work. One client. Now, of course, I've closed out a lot of other clients for a lot of other reasons. They don't show up or whatever. But when they're physically in the room, that's... It matters. I've had a couple that just couldn't stand me. Seriously? And I, yeah, and I couldn't pinpoint any specific reason, but they just couldn't stand me. I wonder if that has to do with being male. And I'm not being funny, may, but maybe. you know, I think with I think with one of them at least, yeah, probably. Um, and the other one, I she has a history of being difficult to connect with. Um, so I, I don't think I did anything wrong, but just like right off the bat. Like you could just yeah. the vibe was like it just couldn't stand me. Yeah, I don't think it was a me thing. It was just in general. Uh, but the, the other one, yeah, she just didn't like me at all. A few sessions in, still just. I mean, but a couple out of however many years you've been doing it, you know, that's it's pretty rare. It, it is it's extremely rare. rare. Yeah, usually I can build rapport. All right, so that was the first one, just showing up. The second one is speaking up for yourself, meaning to be able to be honest about like this does or doesn't work for me, but. You have to have a therapist who can hear that and adjust. So it's not on the client. I'm not saying that, 
but it's it is like obviously it's a 50 50 thing 51 49 thing whatever but uh, like the client is half of the success at least half of it probably right so maybe 50 50 um if it comes down to the two people bringing their a game like that means the client has to be able to say what's on their mind and say like this doesn't work for me and the therapist has to be like okay i can adjust to that i can hear you and i'll adjust what i'm doing so that it's both people have to be able to do that um and the, the idea here is that therapy again this is definitely includes a therapist but therapy does not happen to a client it happens with a client but again you have to have a therapist who sees it that way yeah and can hear That's a big, and a accept big point. yeah and ask for feedback feedback and and take the feedback and make adjustments and the easy way to do this is just ask your client how this went for you how, how did today's session go for you or in the moment, like there's times where I'm not, like I'm feeling like I'm not connecting or I lost them or they glazed over and like, all right, where, what happened? Like, you know, yeah. I, did I talk too much there or did I miss something you yeah. were saying? And, and it gives them opportunity. So I think the therapist prompting and saying like, it's okay to give me feedback. And I, the first session that we have, I always say, you can give me feedback. It will not hurt my feelings. I'm here for you. I want to make sure I'm doing the best that I possibly can. Please be honest. Please feel free to be honest as, as much as you can. So, but again, I think, I think a big part of that is the therapist has to be normalizing that, inviting it and acting like they can handle it. <laughs> they, well, they yeah. <laughs> and I think That's prompting like it too. Be able to handle it. I think prompting it in the beginning, and I'm thinking of the very beginning of the relationship first, say three sessions at least saying kind of like, I liked your example as like, Hey, you know, I, I noticed you kind of checked out for a minute. Was that was that on me? Did I talk too much? Was I being, I'll be, I like to be silly and playful with my clients and I'll say, was I being boring? Oh, you know, that was boring, wasn't it? And it, and it kind of, it's that like almost permission. Like I told you, you could be honest with me. And now I'm like, you know, giving you permission again to be honest with me. And here's an example of how you could be honest with me. And I, it's so hard to give people feedback. Just in it general. is. And especially when it's negative feedback or like you're declining something, like it's so hard to to say like, yeah, that I didn't like that, just in general. And then to say it to a therapist, I think still applies, you know, because it's that expert, you know, sort of dynamic. Like, is it okay if I do this or can I say that? Well, and there's so much around it, you know, good manners and and cultural stuff and, and so many things. And if a client is there... For, for whatever reason, there's probably going to be some, um, like, lack of assertiveness stuff. I don't know how else to say that. Low self, I don't, it's not low self-esteem exactly, but just, you know, the difficulty with asserting themselves, i.e. saying what they need to say. So, I think that's going to be there. So, it makes it really difficult. So, what I, what I would say to, to, client, to people is, and in therapy is, if you're doing this where you're speaking up for yourself, you're being a good client. If your therapist yes. can't take it, I won't say they're a bad therapist. I but will. That's not on. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're trained. We, at least I was. I should say I was. I was specifically trained to, to, to hear when clients have anything to say. It's not about me. It's about them all the time, a hundred percent. And that it's never to be taken personally. It's always to be taken with with the idea that how can I take this information that was presented in the session and make it beneficial to the client all the time. 
Someone left a comment here says, I just had this happen with my therapist and gave feedback that was a little negative and she responded well yes. and thanked me for saying something and not just switching to a different <gasps> therapist. Yay! Oh, yay to the client and yay to the therapist on that one. Yay to you both. So I got, I got to call myself out here. The last person I saw for a few sessions, um, I did not speak up. I just moved on with life and bid her adieu. And that was it. <laughs> and I have a lot of judgments about her in my head. And that doesn't help anybody, I guess, but... But you're being honest. That's good. So I was not. You're a being good honest client. here. No, <laughs> not, yeah, yeah. not in that moment, but. But she also didn't. She didn't ask. She didn't normalize it. She didn't prompt any sort of feedback whatsoever. I don't think. Actually, no. I'm wrong. I did in session two. I did say, "All I need from you is just to listen." Oh yeah. I did. I did. I put it out there, and she could not or would not follow through. So no, I was a good client. Darn it. Boom. <laughs> All right, the last one, the last one I have here is following, is following through, and this does require some level of motivation, some level of belief that change is possible. I think that you deserve change, um, that you're worth it. So that some, you have to have some level of uh, safe and social anchorage here, right? Uh, but following through, so the homework that you get in session or that you come up with. In, with your therapist in session, a lot of times I, I don't do planned out homework. I don't have a structure. I don't have like, here's week one, here's your homework. I don't do that, but it's more based on what we talk about in session and what can we do at home, you know, to remedy this, which also fits in with the, the bigger goal, of course, but what, how can we apply this at home? And usually it's like grounding techniques, um, a little bit of like energy discharge kind of stuff. Um, but a lot about curiosity, finding out what kind of clicks for you, noticing what's going on in your body at home, like stuff like that. Uh, so I think it's pretty normal to get homework and therapy and to follow through with that too. You know, being a really good client, we'll say, uh, following through with that at home, I think is really important. And if you don't like it or you don't want to do it, like then again, go back, this goes back to speaking up for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was just a dumb homework assignment or maybe it was something that was imposed on you that you didn't agree to. That's fine. But speak up about it and say, like, that that didn't work for me or I, I, that didn't feel safe for me or whatever it is. Uh, but if it is something you're interested in, fall through with it. If it's journaling, fall through with it. And at least experience it. And if you don't like it, that's fine. And then give the, the therapist feedback on that and process what that felt like and all, you know, all the therapeutic stuff. But bring it into the therapy room so the therapist can do the therapist stuff, right? Just implement it as best you can. I don't think anyone expects... I don't expect my clients to go home and like nail the homework and be like, Justin, I learned a hundred percent about my body. I know exactly what to do. I don't need you anymore. Yeah. (laughs) I would love that, but no, it's like, just do the best you can be curious. Yeah. And if not, that's fine. Like what got in the way? Let's talk about it next time. It's totally fine. And we'll build and build and build. So those are my threes showing up first and foremost. Second is speaking up for yourself and, Third one is following through, especially with homework, but following through. I'm trying to think of ones that I can add to the list. Your your list is pretty solid. And I... Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. I would say honesty in a client, I've, but I feel like it falls into what you, you're already saying. Because if you can speak up for yourself, I'd like to assume that you're being honest about whatever it is you're speaking up about. Um, <laughs> don't speak up about. Don't, don't be a liar. <laughs> 
(laughs) But I guess honesty about, um, I guess honesty in your words, but also honesty in honesty in like looking at yourself, like, like looking at yourself in an honest way, I guess is what I'm trying to say, which I think is kind of, again, just reiterating one of your points, which is that you, you know, you're willing to explore and you're willing to kind of try, you know, to do the work, to do the work and the homework. But being honest can also be saying like, and this is speaking up for yourself, I guess, is no, like, no, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to talk about like, and we've heard, you know, horrible stories about, I heard one, um, I don't think you were in this, but someone, I think, emailed me saying that their therapist had this curriculum, I'll call it, of like making them, imposing on them, coercing them to repeat their trauma story like three times per session and then there was like homework about it and it, it was hor- it was horrible it was a horrible thing and so being honest with yourself would be like no this doesn't feel I right I don't like it and yeah I can own that I can admit admit that, admit that to myself sorry and then speak it up for that if you want to like that's that might be something where you're like maybe speak up about it once I don't know it's up to the person but for me it's like I'll speak up about it if you don't get the point you move on but just for me yeah, I think being honest is being honest in the moment about if something feels safe for you or not. Uh, what I tell the students I work with is I say, a lot of them have lying problems. They lie a lot, right? Not all, but it, it, it happens. It's not uncommon. But I'll say, when it comes up, I'll say, like, um, just be honest with me. Like, if you think something's a bad idea or you don't like what, what I'm talking about, like, just say, yeah. that's not for me. I'd rather do that than like lie and say, you know, or like play along or try to appease me or yeah. whatever. Like just say you don't like it. Or if you don't want to talk about something, say, um, yeah, there's something there, but I don't want to talk about it. And just be honest. And that's, I can, that's totally fine. You know, I think that honesty can look like that as well. It's not just being honest and then sharing all the details, but. Yeah, but being like, honest. I, I honestly don't want to go into it. Yeah. Being honest about what you need. And mm-hmm. yeah, I completely agree with that. That's really it. So that, I think that's what makes a good therapy client, we'll call. I don't like saying that, but that's the best we come up with. And then I think if you do those things, your chances for success probably go up. I would think if you're in the room, if you're present, there's a better chance of success. Being for honest, sure. picking up for yourself, <laughs> following through. Mm-hmm. I think you're in pretty good shape. Yeah. I like those. I think the only thing, again... Uh, your list is pretty good. I like your list. I think the only thing I would add then is is just a willingness to try. Either if mm. that's a willingness to try something new or a willingness to kind of push the boundaries a little bit, a willingness to step outside of your comfort zone. It's just being willing. Yeah, and not like a free-for-all, like I'll tell the trauma story a hundred times. Okay, I'm no. Like, no, no, no. No. Right. But being willing to... Just... to and I think some of this comes with the rapport, but being willing to trust the the, mm-hmm. the therapist enough to say, okay, like, I'm not sure about this. It doesn't feel terrible. It just feels uncomfortable. Like, see. But it's more from like a, a trusting place with the therapist, you y- think? Like, yeah. You, you haven't done me wrong. Yeah. I trust you. Yeah. Okay. I'll and it feels it. uncomfortable, not in like a safety way, but in like a, like an unfamiliar way. I'll say unfamiliar instead of uncomfortable. So... It feels unfamiliar, but I'm gonna like I'm gonna trust you in that this is what I need. And then if it's not what you need, <laughs> then saying, "Nope, didn't work." I like that distinction a lot, Mercedes. 
Someone says, I have experienced tremendous growth while being vulnerable in a safe and social state during therapy. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if you're anchored in your safe and social state, being vulnerable, I think is a lot more doable and you can tolerate the vulnerability. So yeah, that's uh, ideally where you want to be. Not everyone walks into therapy in that place, but ideally you get there, right? Oh, cards. You said you were going to do cards. Yeah, I want to read a couple of these. Um because I asked people what makes a good client. One person said, showing up. There you go. Uh, another person said, curiosity, willingness to hear different perspectives. Sure. Uh, being open. Mm-hmm. This person, I have no point of reference for this because this obviously comes from private practice. And so you may have more on this. Okay. Uh, which they said, reasonable expectations about time, money, and reality. On the client's the part? Piece, yeah, what makes a good client is for them to have reasonable expectations. Hmm. And I have no, almost no point of reference. The time and money, well, time kind of, but the time connected to money, which has more of an impact. I haven't done private pay, so I don't yeah. know anything about that. I feel yet. like a lot of that falls on yet. the therapist. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how you'll have time for it. And I, I just, I know that you will. I don't know either. But. That's the only thing stopping me is I don't have the time for it. I really. I don't know how you have the time for the any of thing. this. This is fun. This is my passion. It's my hobby. I, I, I so want to dive into private practice. I feel I like you. I feel in. like you would kick its butt. But I think. Um, I think. <laughs> I feel like some of that falls on the therapist. I think. I think money. I think money is kind of always like a a reality check for people. So I think having reasonable expectations about that for the client is is important. But as far as like the time and all of the other stuff, if a client doesn't know, which theoretically not a lot of clients know, like some people, I had people come into private practice and be like, what, we just need to talk like three or four times, right? And I'm like, well, I mean, what? <laughs> you know, so just kind of being really transparent about the whole process and that yeah. kind of falls into informed consent stuff. But some of that falls onto the mm. therapist, not the client. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, I, that makes sense. The money aspect of it, I can't. It freaks me out. It's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. It's a lot of money. It is. God. All right. I love what this person says here. It, it, it gets cut off, but they say, if you're showing up and sitting with yourself for an hour, that's more than, and it gets cut off, but more than adequate or more than makes you a good client and I cannot agree with more with them more is yeah if you're showing up and sitting with it for 50 minutes you're well on your way hey thank you so much for listening to this episode there's a lot more where this came from on my new podcast it's called polyvagal patrons this podcast is only available to five dollar subscribers on patreon it shows up in your favorite podcast app right alongside this one and whatever else you're listening to Patreon also gives some opportunities for community engagement that I plan on using with other patrons and potentially some Patreon-exclusive live streams or Q&As. Click the link in the description to become a patron. Thanks so much. Bye.